Welcome, welcome, welcome to Armchair Expert, experts on expert. Hi, Monica. Hi, Dax. Hey, you know, I did write it in the comments section, but some people are curious about it, and I just want to explain to them. You may notice we have different colors happening for Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays. The reason for this is that we have so much content flying off the shelves nowadays mm -hmm. that we want to make it easier for you to find whatever your kink is. So if you just love Armchair Anonymous and you want to get right to it, just look for the red. You like experts? Some people tell me, I only like experts. I don't care about celebrities. I'm yeah. all right, go crazy. Look for the blue. So that's the new scheme. Kudos to that brilliant idea because we do have a lot of stuff and it just helps keep things organized. It's good for my Virgo brain. Mm, what a brain it is. We love it. <laughs> Speaking of big brains, R.L. Stein. R.L. Stein is our guest today. He created and wrote all of the Goosebumps books, which up until Terrence Posner was the most successful <laughs> children's book series of all time. Guinness Book of World Record. I mean, insane Huge. amount of books. So listen, he wrote Goosebumps, Fear Street, Rotten School, Mostly Ghostly, The Nightmare Room. And he's got a new book out now, Goosebumps, Slappy World, Haunting with the Stars. He was so cute. He was, and I just think, like, he's still going, you know? Like, he's not oh. satiated, and I, I find it so admirable. He's written three books since we talked to him. Yeah. For, that's for real. <laughs> he's a machine. <laughs> it's so impressive. It really is. I was about to make a Goosebumps joke, uh, but uh, I'm better than that. Wait, do it. This episode's going to give you all the Goosebumps. <laughs> Please enjoy R.L. Stein. We are supported by Squarespace. Guys, we have a Squarespace website that's just gorgeous. That Wobby Wob, you uh, you built that yourself using all the templates, yeah? I sure did. Yeah, easy peasy? So easy. The best part about Squarespace is it's an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can get discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools, and you can choose from professionally curated layouts and styling options with Squarespace Blueprint. Plus, you can kickstart or update written content on any website, product description, or email with Squarespace AI. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code DAX. If you listen for a while, AG1 shouldn't be new to you. What's not new to me, I've been a fan for over six years. I have it every morning. I had it this morning. But if you haven't tried it yet, seriously, it's such an easy way to improve your health. It replaces multiple health supplements like multivitamins, digestive aids, immune support, and more in just one simple scoop. In 60 seconds... I know I'm covering my nutritional bases and setting myself up for success to tackle the day. And for how simple it is, it's crazy what a difference it makes. It's full of prebiotics for my gut, vitamin B to keep my energy up, magnesium for my stress levels. I could keep listening to ingredients and benefits all day, but you just need to know it works. So I've partnered with AG1 for so long because they make such a high quality product that I genuinely look forward to drinking every day. If you want to find out your newest healthy habit, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase at drinkag1.com slash DAX. That's drinkag1.com slash DAX. Check it out. He's an armchair expert. He's an armchair expert. 
I'm Dax. This is Monica. Hi. I beg your forgiveness for my tardiness. I'm wearing new pants. I think that's what threw me completely <laughs> off. They're really nice, though. Oh, thank you so much. They're a, a comfortable summer select. Does that not happen too often? It doesn't. Well... He's a creature of habit. A new experience for you? It's a very new experience. They were advertised as a jogger pant, so they're kind of thin and airy. Cuffed at the ankle. Summary. Do I call you Bob? Yeah. Bob is fine. No one in the world ever called me RL. Okay. <laughs> Never happened. You have to live in Texas to be RL, right? You do. Well, Ralph Lauren, do you think anyone ever called him RL? Maybe. It's possible. <laughs> I'm going to force you to listen to one more novel thing that's happening to us today, Bob. We have very enchanting weather in Los Angeles yes. today. That never, ever happens. No, he said it was raining. We woke up to thunder, which never... Occasionally, we get rain, but we don't ever get lightning and thunder. So we're all really percolating with enchantment today. I didn't know it was thunder. I was like, something's going on. Yeah, I might have thought it was a bomb or something yeah. yes something bad yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you upstate new york no i'm in long island i'm in the hamptons oh wonderful yes i was gathering context clues from just over your shoulder out the window i see green it's raining here too oh, oh it is how much time do you spend in Long Island? Last year, we spent five months. Normally, we're in New York City. I'll probably be out here till September. Okay. This is my great curiosity with you, knowing that you've written 300 books. I'm really interested in process with you. Do you have a set routine? Is it flexible? No, it's it. It's factory work. It's factory work. Yes. I sit down 10 o'clock every morning, and I try to write 2,000 words a day. Okay. That's about 10 pages. When I hit 2,000 words, I just stop, no matter where I am. That's it. I've done my work for the day. What time of day is that generally, and what breaks do you allow yourself while writing? I assume you put your phone and everything else out of your orbit? No, I'm too stupid to turn off the email and everything. <laughs> Otherwise, I could do more pages, but I keep going back and forth. It's a ridiculous habit. Yeah. yeah, we all have it. When do you wrap up? Between one and two. Tough hours, you know, four hours a day. That's tough. <laughs> we have very similar hours. We can relate. <laughs> yeah, but creative output is different than regular time. I think it doubles. Doubles? Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So then I'm putting in an eight-hour day? Yes. You've not ever roofed a house in Michigan for eight hours, Monica. <laughs> well, agree to disagree. Okay. <laughs> I love these people who talk about how hard writing is. I'm always on an author panel, and some author will say, writing is so hard, it's so hard, I have to lock the kids in the garage. Writing isn't hard. There's nothing hard about it. This is great. We could dance, you and I. I think it's hard, so let's debate. Here's what I think is hard. A, I have to do what you're saying. I have to leave my family and go to a hotel for three days at a time, and I have to get in that hole. I know what you're going to say. You don't have to. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> it's lonely. For a couple hours, you can't be by yourself. <laughs> oh, man. That's fair. Look, you don't have to wear special shoes. You don't need a hard hat. He's saying exactly what you just said five minutes ago. I know, you're right. No heavy lifting? Well, occasionally you'll have to bring a printer into another room or <laughs> the original typewriter you found at eight <laughs> years old. Probably for that little eight-year-old Bob. Yeah, I haven't seen a typewriter in 20 years. Kids don't know what they are, of course. They see them in museums. Right. And I feel so guilty because I've sold more typewriters in the last four or five years than anyone in the country because 
In the Goosebumps movies, Jack Black, playing me, uses a typewriter. Okay. And he's banging away on a typewriter and me. And now all these parents write to me and they say, my son wants to be like you. What kind of typewriter should I buy for him? And I'm selling all these typewriters. It's ridiculous. They shouldn't be buying typewriters. I feel bad. I know, but do you know where to get a good inkwell and a quill? Because I'm going to go back even further in some parchment paper. That's when I was a kid. When I started out, there were no books. It was just parchment. Right, sure. We just did parchment. We enrolled them. It's hard to refind your place in that kind of book. Oof. Did you ever in your career, though, fetishize the machine? Did you ever have a favorite typewriter? All the authors I've glamorized romantically, a lot of them had love affairs with certain machines. Did you? I didn't. There was a time when I would have a typewriter everywhere I went. Yeah. Heavy lifting. Strange to think about now. It's kind of cool. I like that. That says wherever I'm at, I need to be able Ready. to do this. Well, it's sort of like carrying your phone around. Yeah. Okay, so... You've already pushed back on many of the things that I hold dear. I was going to ask you about this. You'll probably disagree. There's a great quote I always like from Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote all the Jaws movies. And he said, writers are people who have agreed to do homework for the rest of their lives. Do you like that? No, I totally agree. Oh, okay. Okay, You good. have to be nuts. Every week, every <laughs> month, you have to turn in another assignment. Yeah. yeah. Most people leave school. They never have to write another word. They're so happy. They don't have to turn in anything. And if you write, there you are every month, another one. And it's getting graded. Well, and it's getting graded objectively. You can't even charm the teacher. People are going to buy it or they're not. We're going to know for sure. Also, I'm married to my editor. Do you know what that's like? Do you have any idea? <laughs> I can't. It's a nightmare. You're married to the teacher, yeah. You owe her the draft. I know. It's the only thing we ever fought about, plots. Because I would say, Jane, the next one will make sense. Right. <laughs> and I never got away with that. <laughs> Were you, are you able to go away on vacation and not write? I'm pretty good on vacation. Someone once asked me, how long can you go without writing? And I thought, well, I can go a week to 10 days without writing. And they said, obviously, it's an addiction. Instead of losing houses and family members from the addiction, you've acquired houses and family members. So it's kind of an inverted addiction. Yeah, true. But I was asking other writers how long they can go without writing. Do you know Ian Rankin? He writes the Inspector Rebus novels. I'm embarrassed to say no. No, they're wonderful, really great thrillers. He told me he was going to take a year off. I said, what are you going to do all day? He said, oh, I'll go down to the pub. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. You can really fill up your time at the pub. Yeah. You don't hear about too many writers taking a year off. Well, the habits of Hemingway always fascinated me because similarly, he would wake up quite early in the morning. He would write for five hours and then the rest of the day was for drinking or fishing, I guess, but while drinking, I assume. Yeah. Every once in a while, a writer will retire. Lee Child retired from Jack Reacher books, and he turned those books over to his brother, and his brother <laughs> writes them now. I was talking to Lee. I said, no one told me writers could retire. And he said, I'm English. I'm lazy. Uh, <laughs> and is his brother, is the work comparable? I don't want to say. Yeah, okay, great. <laughs> Come on, I have to be nice. I know, I know, I know. He's a friend. Although, at what stage of your life are you allowed to be dead honest? That's got to be approaching right? No, probably never for me. Okay. I never say an honest word. Oh, okay, great. That's probably the recipe for being married for so long. <laughs> Partly. 
what you just told me about that writer reminds me of Gallagher. Do you remember the very popular comedian in the 80s? Yeah, of course. Do you know that at some point that was his brother and we just didn't know that? That he sold the whole routine to his brother and his brother just had the same hair and everything? He and became Gallagher? He became Gallagher. Oh, that's wild. No, I never knew that. Yeah, it's incredible. Okay, I'm from a Detroit suburb in Michigan. Hey, I'm from Ohio. No wonder we don't agree on anything. Yeah, that's why it's a little sticky. No wonder, Michigan. (laughs) Yes, Monica, if you don't know, our great rivalry, U of M plays Ohio Uh every year. It's a big deal. Listen, the rivalry between Ohio and Michigan started before football. The militias from Michigan and Ohio almost went to war over Toledo. I know this, and do you know what the casualty was? No. A single farmer's pig. There was one casualty in that conflict, and it was a pig. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Okay, so listen, we may be acting like adversaries, but look, we grew up in a very similar situation. (laughs) Ohio and Michigan, no one from either of those states would know the difference other than us. That's true. But what we have in common is you grew up pretty poor, and you were in the shadow of a pretty wealthy community. Boy, you did research. I'm so impressed. You weren't impressed that I knew you got your first typewriter at eight? That should have been the one that blew your mind. No, no. Okay. I'm not even sure that's true. (laughs) A lot of these stories aren't true, you know. We had to make them up. Of course. To make things more interesting. Yeah, I never let facts get in the way of a great story. Actually, I wrote an autobiography called It Came From Ohio, and I sent a copy to my mother after it came out, and she read, she said, Hey, we didn't have an attic? What are you talking about? You didn't do that in the garage? That wasn't true. She was horrified. My family was very poor. We lived literally three doors from the railroad tracks. And we lived on the edge of this very wealthy suburb of Columbus. The governor's mansion was one block from us. And I always felt like an outsider. All the kids at school were very wealthy. Maybe that's one reason I like to stay in my room and write all the time. Yeah. I have to imagine it was similar to Michigan in that you had really clearly defined strata in high school, in junior high, where there were jocks, there were burnouts, there were tough guys. And in those days, when kids turned 16, their parents all gave them Thunderbirds. Right. They're all driving around in Corvettes and Thunderbirds. We had this beat up old Ford. Yeah, so you felt like an outcast, I imagine. Yeah, except I was funny and I was the class clown. I was always disrupting the teacher and getting in trouble and being funny and kids like that. I chose the same path. Okay, so I similarly, I had single mother, was a janitor on night shift, and I just coveted money so much. There were shoes I wanted. I wanted a dirt bike. I wanted this and that and this and that. And so when I've gotten money, I think from the outside, it's looked kind of curious to people. And I just wonder what it was like to have had none. And then I would imagine covenant and then all of a sudden have it. This is a bizarre experience, isn't it? Well, it was very nice. Uh, okay. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, it worked a long time. Finally, things took off and it worked out. But do you have a chip on your shoulder about rich people like I do? No, it doesn't bother me. Mm. Do you feel like money fixed your problems? We ask that to most people. And a lot of people say no, but a few people are, I think, honest and say Yeah. It makes for a happier life. I live in New York. I was able to get a really big apartment, that kind of thing. It makes your life easier. Yeah. I'm out here in Sag Harbor. I have my own water park in the backyard. Oh, that's the dream. I have this huge pool with three waterfalls 
and a 30-foot water slide in the backyard. Oh. That is so fun. Everyone wondered what we'd do with our money, you know? <laughs> yeah. Some people thought maybe cocaine. Instead, we built this huge swimming pool in our backyard. You have a wet and wild. So that's nice. It makes me sort of uncomfortable to talk about money. Of course. Years ago, at the height of Goosebumps, there was an article about me in People magazine, and I was like an idiot, and I said... Well, yeah, the money's great. How many times can I put my son through college? And then I started getting calls from all his friends' parents saying, well, you could put my son through oh, college. Oh, sure. You've got so much. <laughs> With all the stupid things to say, right? <laughs> well, maybe if just one time on this interview, you could say, how many Ferraris can I buy? And then I'll be <laughs> someone who calls you and says, you know, just give me one. <laughs> I don't ask you that to embarrass you. It's just something that I talk about a lot because I think it is interesting if you don't grow up with any experience with it. I've done weird things like I virtually have collected all those things that I wanted when I was a kid and couldn't have. Did you go through a phase of that? No, not really. The nicest thing is not having to worry about money and to be able to be generous Yeah. and not have to think about it, to be able to give people money, to give money to different organizations. Yeah. I was interested to see that you always been writing. You went to college at Ohio State. I was the editor of the humor magazine for three years. That's all I did in college. I never went to class. And it paid my way to New York. And then when you got out, you pursued writing immediately. You wrote humor books under the name... Jovial Bob Stein. Created a magazine, Bananas. Everything that ever happened to me was an accident. How so? I came to New York wanting to write funny novels for adults and got nowhere with that. I love magazines. I wanted to work on a humor magazine, but I ended up writing for Junior Scholastic. And my wife had this magazine called Dynamite, which was the biggest kids magazine in the 70s and 80s. And her magazine was so popular, they let me do mine bananas. And that was like my life's dream. I don't know what kind of life that generates, having two magazines that are popular, but were you guys fine? You were safe during that period? Yeah, a lot of work, but we loved it. Yeah. What I was shocked to find out is that your horror novel, your first one, you were 43, I think. I was already old when Goosebumps came out. It was terrible. I was 49 years old when Goosebumps wow. started. So I find this to be really inspirational, by the way. So I'm 47, so in my mind when I read that this morning, I was like, well, I got 18 months to come up with goosebumps. It should be inspirational to people. Yeah. I wrote for 20 years. Nobody noticed. Yes. I, I just kept this. going. It doesn't happen right away. I think writing in particular, a lot of people are drawn to it. Maybe they think they can't do it. Maybe getting the fundamentals of how you sit down and do it, how you create a schedule for you, all these little obstacles. And I would imagine it's really easy to throw in the towel at some point. Well, I don't really understand why people want to be writers. And I sure don't understand why anyone would want to write for adults. The kids' audience, my audience of 7 to 12-year-olds, it's the only great audience. <laughs> I get them the last time in their lives they'll ever be enthusiastic. Ah. That is true. That's it. Yeah. They turn 12, they discover sex, they have to be cool, yeah. and they're lost. 7 to 11, they're great. They want to know you, they write to you, you hear from them. 
They want to buy stuff. It's the best audience. It's probably why so many people are so nostalgic over Goosebumps, because it's the last moment of innocence. <laughs> yeah, right. But how would you like to be nostalgia? Yeah. I'm nostalgia <laughs> or all you people. It happens to me. I was in this movie called Without a Paddle. It was humongous for young kids. I meet full-grown adults with children now. The guy's got a beard, and he says to me, oh, my God, you made my childhood. And I'm like, oh. Right. <laughs> When people say that to you, it's always so nice. You don't get tired of hearing it. No. But at the same time, it's a little hard to be considered nostalgic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a little tough. It took me a while to get used to that. But my original readers, they're so nice to me. I hear from them on Twitter and on Facebook, and it's almost too nice. Suspicious? No, no, no. <laughs> I wouldn't be a librarian today if it wasn't for your books. I wouldn't be a writer today. Thank you for getting me through a hard childhood. I hear that all the time, and it's very touching. Reading is a safe haven for the misfit, for the outcast. It's the only place they can go to find someone to connect with or to relate to. You know, you'd hope it'd be a safe haven for everybody, not just outcasts and misfits. But there's something sweet about that. No, it's nice, and it's nice to be able to do something meaningful for those people. Back in the day, at the height of Goosebumps, we got everybody. I don't know how. It's this amazing, lucky thing. I couldn't explain it. I was going to quiz Monica. I was going to ask, guess how many books he has sold? Total? Yeah, total. I know the number. A I don't billion? want you to have to brag. 400 million books. Wow. Yeah, but... Who counted them? I did, <laughs> this morning. It took me all morning. I don't know about that number. I'm not surprised. At the book fairs, the Goosebumps was always the first to go. You read the Goosebumps, right? I was of that age. My son was the right age, too. His claim to fame is that he never read one. Oh, sure. Uh, sure. <laughs> That's horrible, right? No, Typical I like it. Kid. Just to make me nuts. Uh-huh. Just to get dad. He never read one. I respect it a lot. <laughs> Once I was on the Today Show, and I taped it back then for my son when he got home from school to watch it. And I said, Matt, hey, here, look, I'm on the Today Show. <laughs> and I started the tape, and he picked up a magazine and started to read. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, yeah. wow, wow. It's nice, right? Oh. But I'm sure he's really enjoying that water slide. Uh, yeah, I bet he was interested <laughs> in goosebumps when he was on the water slide. Uh, yeah. He's a musician? No, he's a sound designer for Broadway musicals. Oh, cool. He won a Tony last year for Moulin Rouge. No wow. way. And he was music producer of Beetlejuice on Broadway. He actually has a career. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, we like to see him working. Did it surprise you that he was drawn to music? No, he was always into music and playing guitar and everything. And we took him to plays from when he was really little. So we weren't surprised. Okay, but it never showed any interest in writing? I didn't want him to. Why? You've just described it as easy. No, it's terrible. <laughs> if you're a kid and your father is a famous author, yeah. I always worried about David Updike and, you know, Dmitry Nabokov. He spent <laughs> his whole life just <laughs> translating <laughs> his father. <laughs> you know, that would be horrible. Susan Cheever. Are these real names or are you just <laughs> making them up? <laughs> these are big authors. No, I know that. Are you making up the name of the children? No, I'm saying it's really tough to be the child. Right, because I could just start saying like Bill Proust and uh, <laughs> Sammy Salinger. And... No, I wasn't making it up. Okay. Anyway, he was a good writer, but luckily he went into something else. Yeah. 
Okay, so once you started writing the Goosebumps novels, to my understanding, were you writing one a month? Is that possible? Well, actually, I, you know, I had the other series for teenagers going at the same time. Fear Street. We were killing off teenagers every month. Yeah. People like to see teenagers get killed. Yeah. They love that. Well, most people want to kill a teenager yep. that they've met. Right. I don't know how I did it, but I was writing a Goosebumps book and a Fear Street book every month. What? I was doing two books a month month. Don't blow by that. Hold on. <laughs> you must have had a different writing schedule during that period. It couldn't have been from 10 till 2. Yeah, well, I didn't get out much during that period. In those days, I could write 20 pages a day. And Goosebumps books are short. So I could write a Goosebumps book in eight to 10 days. Oh. Oh my God. <laughs> That's what I did. But it's more than just the time. This is what I was saying. Creative energy is different. No one else can do that. No one else can just write a book in 10 days and then the next day start another book. I mean, maybe someone else on earth, but it's very rare. And it's not just about the time. It's about what you're capable of. Well, I was much younger, but also I'd never had this kind of success before. Yeah. And I think having that kind of success was so exhilarating. It kept me going. It's good fuel. Yeah, right. Sometimes I'm naming people in a screenplay, and that can be the most laborious thing is coming up with all these different names, right? So one of my tricks was I always wrote out of town in Palm Springs generally. I'd go have breakfast somewhere, and I would get the local real estate guide, and it had the best names in it. Every page was a different real estate person. I'd just cherry pick from all those. Did you have a source for names? Yes, I did. I had my son's school directory. Oh, oh that's great. I used the name of every kid in the school. <laughs> How fun for them. I know. That was so easy. Every Goosebumps book starts all over again with a whole new cast. I needed a lot of kids' names. There'd be like five or six kids in every book. My son, who never read them, used to sell parts to his friends. <laughs> I know, I know. He would come home. He'd say, Dad, you have to put Jamie in the next one. <laughs> Dad, you have to put Will. And I know they were paying him 10 bucks to be in the book. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah, I like him. Very industrious. Did it make him popular at school? Probably. Well, I saw a picture of him on your Instagram feed, or maybe it was your Twitter feed. Very handsome. Very handsome boy you got. He's all right. So that's one little bit of how the sausage is made. Names become... A hurdle. What other things? What becomes laborious in that output? Almost all of the Goosebumps stories take place in a suburb like where I grew up in Ohio. Sort of like Spielberg. They don't take place in a medieval castle in Europe. They take place in the kitchen and in the backyard. I'm not good at description. I've been writing some comic books, which is great because I don't have to describe anything. The artist has to fill it all in. And I've stopped describing my characters pretty much. Intentionally or you just don't enjoy it? No, I've stopped. I mean, I was always criticized for not having much characterization. But my idea is that if I'm going to scare you, you have to imagine yourself as the protagonist in the story. And if you're picturing yourself as a protagonist, it's much scarier for you. So I don't do much description at all now. Oh, so it's kind of tactical. Yeah. And then you fill in the ancillary characters with your friends or people you know, and you fill out the whole world with you and your buddies going through it. Yeah. Stay tuned for more Armchair Expert, if you dare. 
We are supported by Squarespace. Guys, we have a Squarespace website that's just gorgeous. That Wobby Wob, you uh, you built that yourself using all the templates, yeah? I sure did. Yeah, easy peasy? So easy. Well, the best part about Squarespace is it's an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can get discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools, and you can choose from professionally curated layouts and styling options with Squarespace Blueprint. Plus, you can kickstart or update written content on any website, product description, or email with Squarespace AI. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code DAX. We are supported by ZipRecruiter. Are there some fantastic concerts coming to your city this summer? Mine too. In fact, Anderson Pack's playing at the Hollywood Bowl. I can't wait for Ooh, it. Ooh, that's exciting. If you want to be sure to see your favorite artist, you need to jump on it right away. I've already DM'd him saying, yes, I got to be in that front row. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. It's like if you're hiring for your business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. So what's the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. Got your eye on a rock star candidate? ZipRecruiter's invite to apply feature lets you cut the line. Once you review ZipRecruiter's list of the most qualified candidates for your job, you can easily invite your top choices to apply to encourage them to apply sooner. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We are supported by BetterHelp. Listen, I understand that sometimes you want to keep things to yourself, process your emotions in your own time. But if you keep everything bottled up, it can have some serious consequences. I have therapy on Saturday. I'm really looking forward to it. I had therapy this morning. Yeah, you did. Yeah, and it put me in the greatest mood. We had a long, big day, and I just felt much better for having you were to... not to out you. You were a little grumpy going in. I was. I was. I was to be <laughs> Robin, sp- I received some texts. Yeah, I was morning. locked out of my therapy setting, <laughs> which is this attic. <laughs> <sighs> But then you felt much better after. I felt much better. And I even made some apologies. Um, Talking things out can be so helpful. And if you want a safe space for that conversation, I recommend therapy. Check out BetterHelp if you've been thinking of trying therapy. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's also easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for any reason for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DAX today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DAX. Knowing that you draw so much on your childhood, I find it so curious. I wonder if you do. If you look at your timeline of life, you were in this suburb feeling that way for maybe eight years. I don't know. Yet it is the endless bottomless well that you're still dipping your bucket in. Isn't that kind of fascinating? (laughs) Yeah, not something I ever thought about, really. You know, I love this age group. And so I'm sort of stuck with this seven to 12 age group. And so I have to create their world over and over again. I would imagine 
you are much more in touch with that period of your life than your average person is. Well, maybe. A hard part of the job, I have to keep up with kids. Yes. I spent a lot of time spying on kids. <laughs> when my son was the right age, I would be listening to their conversation, figuring out how they talk, and looking at what they wear now and what they listen to, that kind of thing. Now my grandson is eight. He's the right age. He's your new muse. Yeah. It's more important than remembering back to, you know, 1955, more important to keep up with the kids today. Well, but what you've said is you know the feeling in 1955 of walking in a dark basement. That feeling of panic. But now I've written so many scary books, I know how to be scary now. Do you get scared when you're writing them? No, never. He doesn't get scared in movies either. Really? Yeah, yeah I've said this before. There's something missing in my brain. Horror makes me laugh. Oh, that's kind of like Dax. Yeah. I'm very easily scared, but he doesn't find anything scary. No, I read, you know, a Stephen King novel or something. It makes me laugh. I go to a horror movie. The shark comes up and he's chewing up the teenager. I'm the one in the theater who's laughing. Oh, I wonder what that is. I wonder if you share this with me. I also find Scorsese movies to be hysterical. <laughs> Usually. Yeah, yeah. Like, I find the violence to be so comedic. I love violence. Me too. Did you have trauma growing up? I had horrible parents. When I was in junior high, I knew I was the grown-up. So it wasn't traumatic. I was the grown-up. I knew it. Well, hold on, though. That's Sounds horseshit. Pretty traumatic. Yeah, what do you mean they were terrible? <laughs> Why did you have to be an adult so young? They were horrible. I don't think I ever had a five-minute conversation with my father. We had nothing in common. Honestly, in his whole life, he never read a word I wrote. He had no interest. And my mother was one of these horrible, embarrassing, I guess now they call them helicopter parents. Don't climb that tree, you'll break your leg. Don't sit up there, you'll fall over. Don't go swimming, you'll drown. One of those totally inhibiting people. Yes, you had a smothering parent and then you had an absent parent. He was there all the time, but you know, yeah. Well, emotionally not present, I imagine. It's sort of like horror not scaring me. It's like comedy material. I can do an hour of funny stories about my mother that other people think are horrifying. Yeah. Give us one. Yeah, give me one. <laughs> I'll give you maybe one of the worst. Yeah. My brother Bill and his wife were out visiting my parents, and my mother took Bill's wife aside, and she said, you know, I never could warm up to Bill. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> her own son. That's bad, right? It's very Don Rickles of her. Yeah. <laughs> my parents were married for 66 years. They hated each other. And on their 66th anniversary, I called and I said, Mom, 66 years, that's amazing. And she said, the first year was pretty good. Oh, yeah, well, at least she's being honest. <laughs> that's a great line. That's a that very good line. line. Did you get your sense of humor from her? Do you think she was kind of sardonic? No, I don't know where. Probably came from some grandparents somewhere in Russia. Okay, so all the things you just described as A, what it was, B, maybe character building, C, a source of humor, we would now look at as trauma. So I wonder, do you find it pathetic that my generation and myself included is interested in trauma? What, that you're such wimps? Yeah, it must feel that way. I'm a totally insensitive person. I like it. So I don't understand why everyone is walking around offended today. There's so many things I can't do in Goosebumps that I could do 10 years ago that I can't do now. I can't use the word 
crazy in goosebumps. That's crazy. I can't say what a crazy idea. I can't say, don't get me started on this. <laughs> I can't say what a lame joke. That's a really lame joke. I can't use the word lame. Oh, because it has some inference to handicap? Yeah. I wanted to do a Goosebumps book called Morons from Mars. It's a great title. Yeah. It certainly is. And my editor at Scholastic said, no, you can't do that. You'll offend the morons. Well, okay. Oh, wow. Talk about I, so a great line. I, I was going to bond with you over this. So I have a seven and a nine-year-old. And I said, stupid. And one of them said, you can't say stupid. And I said, well, hold on. I understand we shouldn't call another human to their face stupid, but we must agree there's stupidity on planet Earth. Right. Some things are stupid. Yeah. Yes, and, the, and some people do stupid things. We can't pretend <laughs> that there's nothing stupid anymore. That in or itself crazy. is stupid. Or crazy. Yeah. People go fucking crazy, Bob. They go nuts. To me, it's an amazing age that we've gone back so far. People are way oversensitive, I think. I mean, in many ways, it's wonderful that people are sensitive to others who they never used to be. People used to be cruel to all kinds of people. Yeah. And now they have to think twice. That's wonderful. I agree. I have a joke book coming out next year, a monster joke book about two monsters, honey and funny. And the first line of the book is, honey and funny are monsters. Honey is big and funny is small. And the editor circled that and said, we're trying to get away from size comparisons. <laughs> Do you believe that? Okay. I said they're monsters. <laughs> There's a monster advocacy group out there? I guess. I say this all the time. Like, I'm a recovering alcoholic, right? I like making fun of alcoholics. How else do we know this is not at a desirable state to be in? Like, we have to be able to make fun of Yeah, you used to be able to joke about anything. But I want to parse it out. So really quickly, so I agree with you. I think there is 2% of the country that is going around looking to be offended. And I do think, unfortunately, they are moving editors that are driving you crazy. And I think they're being overrepresented in how we behave. So that part I agree with you on. But now back to the trauma thing. What I have to imagine is you raised your son much differently than you were raised. Well, I had the perfect bad example. We raised him just the opposite. But what we must conclude from that is you do care. It is important if you have shitty parents. It's important if you're loved and nurtured and supported and celebrated. Absolutely. Yes. And that is an aspirational agenda for us to have. And I think it's okay to recognize, oh shit, we didn't really get the thing that ideally we should have got. Yeah, right. But then what? Then move on. Well, that's fair. <laughs> no, then forget about it. Well, look, I'm still doing shit. I'm also saying it wasn't ideal. Also, you probably didn't end up with as many isms maybe as I did out of it. Like where I myself had a lot of behavioral patterns I had to break and I needed some explanation and understanding. If you've been in a lot of trauma, you've had a lot of arousal. I crave arousal states. Okay, that's curious. It's nice to know these things. It doesn't mean I have to sit on the couch in the fetal position and quit on life. Absolutely. Well, also, it is interesting to hear that your mom was so fearful. That's maybe in the soup as to why you find, quote, scary things funny and not scary. Because you're like, that is silly. Yeah, it's probably always looked silly. You're probably right. I never thought of that. It's very good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, now back to the stuff you like to talk about. But by the way, Bob, that was fun. What a great excursion. Thanks for doing that. You wrote comedy first, then horror. Now, in the movie business, we see those things as very related. And I imagine you see them as related, too. They're nearly identical, right? They both give the same visceral reaction, comedy and horror. I give this example a lot. 
But when you sneak up behind somebody, a baby or anybody, <laughs> and you go, boo, what happens? They, they scream. scream, then laugh. It's all connected. It is. Or I think you pointed out, too, if you listen, you stand next to a roller coaster, you hear the whole thing. You're screaming and laughing at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Also, there's a structural component that is similar, right? Well, you know, the chapter endings in Goosebumps, there's a, like a cliffhanger at the end of every chapter. Those are punchlines. It's the same as writing a joke. You're just leading up to this big shock at the end of every chapter. I'm lucky. I get to write funny stuff, too, you know. I just did three books about the Garbage Pail Kids this year. Did you invent Garbage Pail Kids? No, no. Garbage Pail Kids are from 1985. I collected them. So did my son. He recently found a whole box of them <laughs> from when he was a kid. He was born in 1980. Oh, think about those. Those couldn't come out now. Large Marge. Oh, no. And I had to pick 10 characters from all the Garbage Pail Kids. And believe me, you couldn't do half of them now. <laughs> right. They're all offensive. Yeah. Right. I had to find ones that I could make acceptable now. For the 2%, I'd say, how about this? Don't get playing cards called Garbage Pail Kids. Get some trading cards that are like angelic children. You know, if you get Garbage Pail Kids, it was right in the description <laughs> yeah. that it's going to treat humans like garbage. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Okay, so they were the training cards, and then you took that IP and made books out of them. And I figured out how to use them as characters in novels. And I did three Garbage Pail Kids books. That was fun. I, I didn't have to be scary. I could be funny. Do you know how many books he's written? We're back into the quiz portion of this interview. Well, I don't know. I, I do. I do. Don't okay, worry. Okay, but if once a month, including two books... Well, he wrote three today, so we're not counting the shit that he wrote in the last <laughs> Not this morning. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> he already wrote three. Since we've been talking, he's probably written a couple. His hands are moving on the laptop. Click, click. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll tell you. you yeah. This 300. Is I was going to say 300. You were? Yeah, but I got scared. Wow. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Isaac Asimov, the science fiction writer, he lived in my neighborhood in New York. Back in the day, you had to mail off your manuscript to the publisher, and he'd be ahead of me in line, and he'd have three or four under his arm <laughs> oh my every gosh. time. He wrote 550 books. What? Oh, my God. I'll never catch him. Was he an amphetamine user, do you think? I didn't know him. I just saw him in the post office. Yeah, it smells like doping to me. I mean, I don't know how you get to 500. And his books were, you know, big. My little tiny books. How do you feel about the parallel between you and Stephen King in that he too, crazy prolific, same genre, different age group. Also, everything's about Maine. You're everything's about this suburb of Columbus. Yeah. He retired a few years ago, Stephen King, after his accident. And since he retired, he's written 12 novels. <laughs> For real? Yeah. Oh. And they're huge. 12 novels oh since he retired. <laughs> you know, I've always been called Stephen King for kids. And I have only met him once because he never leaves Maine. And I met him at the Edgar Awards, the Mystery Writers Awards Banquet, and went over and we had a nice talk. And I said, you know, Steve, a magazine once called me a literary training bra for you. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, yes, I know. <laughs> Do you have literary heroes? Oh, a million. I read all the time. I have authors I love. Some of them are bad for my horror image. You know the science fiction writer, Ray Bradbury? Of course. He changed my life. When I was a kid, I read only comic books. I didn't read books at all. I was nine years old. My friends and I carried around these huge stacks of comic books. And we read comics, that's all. 
And one day, my mom dropped me off at the little library on Main Street, and the librarian was waiting for me. And she said, Bobby, I know you like comic books. I have something else I think you will like. And she took me to a shelf of Ray Bradbury stories. And those stories, I couldn't believe them. They were so imaginative and so surprising and so beautifully written and all had great twist endings. And Ray Bradbury really turned me into a reader. Then I started reading him and all kinds of science fiction and fantasy, thanks to that librarian and to Ray Bradbury. So he was a real hero of mine. Now, I'll tell you this story. It's a little self-aggrandizing. Good. We want you that. deserve it. Well, come on. <laughs> Many years later, I had a chance to meet Ray Bradbury. It was at the LA Times Book Festival. In those days, it was on the UCLA campus. My wife and I were walking at the book festival, and there was Ray Bradbury in a publisher's booth eating a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> My wife said, go up and introduce yourself. I said, no, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I just can't. She said, go over. He was so important to you. Go over and say hi to him. So I went over. I was so nervous. I was shaking. I was like a kid. And I walked up to him and I stuck out my hand. I said, Mr. Bradbury, you're my hero. <laughs> and he turned around and he shook hands and he said, well, you're a hero to a lot of other people. Oh, come on. This amazing moment. Talk about too nice. Oh, man. I'm so happy you had that moment. Oh, my God. You'd hope every writer would have that moment. Whatever author it is that turns you on to reading, it's almost like who you lose your virginity to. They're just going to be in a special pocket in your heart. For me, it was Bukowski. I recognize how he hasn't really aged well, but that made me on fire to read, and I didn't think that was ever going to happen. It was my first experience of being lost in something and craving to get back to read and wishing I could be by myself. Yeah, it's a special feeling. For someone to give that to you, it's a life-changing experience. Yeah, so nice. You've done that for like yeah. a kabillion people. Well, if we believe these stats, 400 million people. But most people don't have to write 400 million books in order to sell that. <laughs> <laughs> you are a Guinness Book of World Record holder, as you know. Well, I was until J.K. Rowling came around. That's what I was going to ask you about. So, yeah, when I read that, I was like, more than? Okay, so tell me that. No, I was number one. I was the best-selling children's author in history. And then Harry Potter. She just wiped me out. <laughs> Listen, Bob, that's who you lost Monica to. I do think it's wonderful that, honestly... The richest woman in the world is a children's author. Yeah. It's so cool. I love it. She's richer than the queen. And she should her. be. She did some. Have you met her? No. She hasn't been over here in years. She was in the city, and I invited her to bring the kids out for a swim. To your water park? <laughs> <laughs> to your wet and wild? <laughs> yeah. She didn't answer me. Well, no, really quick, because this is just a stupid trivial thought I had. J.K. Rowling, R.L. Stein. What's our thing? T.S. Eliot. Why do we like this structure? But the only reason, you know, I was jovial Bob Stein. And that's not good for horror. I had to change my name. That would look terrible, right? And at that time, S.E. Hinton was really popular. Yes, I read them all. Yeah, The Outsider. When you were talking about Thunderbirds, I was picturing the Socias. Yes, right. I thought it would really be helpful to me if readers didn't know if I was a man or a woman. Ah. Oh, that's And smart. so uh, because of S.E. Hinton, I used my initials. And it really worked. Yeah, so it wasn't an accident. And then I wonder why J.K. Rowling went, same Maybe thing. Maybe she, she, she did was it supposed, after... Well, isn't it that she didn't want people to know she was a woman? I honestly don't know. Huh. 
Okay. But that's a good hack. Yeah. And what about Tolkien? What's his first initials? J-R-R. How about George R.R. Martin? Yeah, that's confusing. Yeah, it's very confusing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so now we're going to talk about Goosebumps Slappy World number 17, Haunting with the Stars. This comes out June 28th. Has the Goosebumps franchise ever gone dark? We did take a break. I did some other series. I did a book series for Harper called The Nightmare Room, which was a short-lived TV show. And I did a funny series for kids in that time called Rotten School, about a really rotten boarding school. And then we came back. We had to start Goosebumps up again. Yeah. In that interim, of course, Jack Black plays you in Goosebumps the movie. Hey, Jack and I are like twins, right? (laughs) Yeah. The physical, the bounding all about, the frenetic energy. Yes, right. (laughs) He was great. What an amazing thing to be a character in a movie. Really? That's not anything I ever expected. Okay, back to the trauma piece you don't want to talk about. When that movie came out and Jack Black, one of the biggest stars in the world, is playing you, who did you want to go back in time to Columbus and go, look at this, motherfucker. (laughs) Take a look at this right now. No, I'm not like that. (laughs) No, I wouldn't do that. We actually showed the movie in the little tiny movie theater that my brother and I used to go to every Saturday afternoon to watch Tom and Jerry cartoons. Oh, man. I talked at that theater and showed the movie. It was a thrill to be back there. Yeah, were you also just like, Dad? Dad, hello. (laughs) Yeah, maybe Dad. Could we include Dad? You would want him to at least walk (laughs) by and see? Yeah, come on. Dad was dead. Yeah, (laughs) we lost Dad at that point. He's still dead. He's still dead. (laughs) Okay. Jack was fabulous. What an amazing thing. He's just a great guy. There's a handful of comedians where the humor's coming from a beautiful place, and it's really just he and Will Ferrell. Uh, I don't know how they got there. (laughs) That's really true. We had a great time together. I bet. Okay, this is a sincere one, so don't brush this off. Okay. How do you sustain the hunger with so much success? I still love doing it. And it's more of a challenge for me now, since I've done every story a human can do. It's more of a challenge to say, oh, I can do new chapter ending I haven't done before. I can come up with titles I haven't done. Every morning, I'm here at 10 o'clock on the computer. I still enjoy it. Do you have a list of ground rules with your wife? So I tell my kids, like, unless one of you literally has a broken arm, let's go over what you're allowed to enter this bedroom over. And so I have some ground (laughs) rules. Is there any standing rules in your home? No, they know I'm going to be gone for three or four hours a day. And what time do you wake up in the morning? Well, the dog's been getting me up at 7.30. I thought maybe when the time changed, then the dog wouldn't realize it was daylight time and the dog would sleep an hour later, but it didn't work. Okay. (laughs) He still gets me up. Do you meditate or anything? No. Okay, that was a hard no. I don't do anything. Okay. (laughs) Listen, I'm not encouraging you to tinker with anything. It's wildly successful, whatever you're doing that you don't know you're doing. Yeah, keep the recipe. Yeah. Okay, so Goosebumps Slappy World number 17, Haunting with the Stars, comes out June 28th. Is there anything about this installment that you want to tell us about? No, it's a great title. It sure is. Mm -hmm. Slappy World, Haunting the Stars. It's not one of the great books, but it's a great title. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, they can't all be fabulous. (laughs) But later, to celebrate the 30th anniversary, we have the first hardcover Goosebumps book coming out in August, I think, called Slappy Beware. 
It's a special origin story of Slappy, and it's illustrated, which we've never done before. Oh, how cool. That's coming out later in the summer. This is how crazy I am. I'm starting a new book series of short stories called Stein Tinglers. So these will be amusing short stories? They're like 10 scary short stories. Oh. That's coming out this summer. Oh, you know what? That might be a good starter book to get my girls. They're just getting open to the notion of being scared intentionally. Yeah, it might be. They're nice and short, the stories. And of course, they're not that scary, you know. Yeah, you told me in your world, in the Fear Street series about teens, you're allowed to kill them, but in Goosebumps, no one ever dies. Yeah. yeah. But did you see the Fear Street movies? I did not. We slaughtered teenagers. Oh. <laughs> we sliced them. They were R-rated. This is on Netflix? Yeah, the three movies. I've never had an R. I'm mean, Even my life isn't R-rated. Right. <laughs> Here were these three movies where we're just slicing up teenagers. Someone wrote to me and said, they weren't gory enough. Oh, oh my. Okay. Oh, there are a lot of sick people out there. <laughs> my God. More slicing and dicing, please. Yeah. Have you enjoyed when you come out to Hollywood to have that facet of the business? Yeah, I love it out there. And most people don't talk about how beautiful it is, for one thing. Well, especially New Yorkers. New Yorkers think that we're in a war. Yeah, no, it's not a war. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do you? What kind of pizza you got? Oh, fuck it, you call it pizza out there? It's like, hold on, buddy, hold on. We know you have good pizza. <laughs> we know pizza's a religion. We get it. Wait, so I didn't realize there were no hardbacks of any of the Goosebumps. No, there are some collections where they put like three books together, that kind of thing. No, it's all paper. I'm a paperback guy. This will be your second, right, of all time. Yeah, that's right. But see, I like to do paperbacks because then kids can afford them. Yeah, that's yeah. great. And they're less cumbersome in your backpack. And hardcover children's books cost too much. I like kids to be able to go in a bookstore or go somewhere and buy three or four of them. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Well, Bob, this has been great. I hope you've enjoyed getting to know us as much as we've been enjoying getting to know you. This is really fun. Feel free to use Dax as a character name in a book. Well, I never have. Do you want to be good or bad? Oh, Ooh. bad. Of course, bad. Bad? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been so much fun. I hope everyone gets for their little ones Goosebumps Slappy World number 17 haunting with the stars june 28th it's been a pleasure i hope you have a wonderful rest of your summer and it warms up out there my pleasure i enjoy talking with you both thanks so much all right take care bob stay scary stay tuned for more armchair expert if you dare okay when did paying someone back become social media what do you mean well, let's just say I'm a weirdo and I want to be messy and see what you're up to, like who you're hanging with. I can just stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. I knew you did that. <laughs> no, I did not do that. <laughs> I don't do that. I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages and keep it between friends and then use that money any place Apple Pay is accepted. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Monica, please keep it in the chat. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. If you listen for a while, AG1 shouldn't be new to you. What's not new to me, I've been a fan for over six years. I have it every morning. I had it this morning. But if you haven't tried it yet, seriously, it's such an easy way to improve your health. It replaces multiple health supplements like multivitamins, digestive aids, immune support, and more in just one simple scoop. In 60 seconds, 
I know I'm covering my nutritional bases and setting myself up for success to tackle the day. And for how simple it is, it's crazy what a difference it makes. It's full of prebiotics for my gut, vitamin B to keep my energy up, magnesium for my stress levels. I could keep listing ingredients and benefits all day, but you just need to know it works. So I've partnered with AG1 for so long because they make such a high quality product that I genuinely look forward to drinking every day. If you want to find out your newest healthy habit, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase at drinkag1.com dax. That's drinkag1.com dax. Check it out. We are supported by Mint Mobile. It's time to stop putting it off. Get your spring cleaning done. And I'm not just talking about your house. Now is a great time to look through your finances and see where you could save. Like, how much are you spending on your phone plan? Because if you're not using Mint Mobile, you might be overpaying. Right now, Mint Mobile has unlimited talk, text, and data plans for $15 a month when you buy a three-month plan. Think about what you could buy with the saved money. Listen, if you switch to Mint Mobile within a few months, you could get yourself a gorgeous pair of Jordies. That's what I would do. Mm-hmm. Check change phone plan off your to-do list and switch to Mint Mobile. You can get plans for just 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. To get this new customer offer, go to mintmobile.com slash DAX. That's mintmobile.com slash DAX. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month for first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. And now my favorite part of the show, the fact check with my soulmate, Monica Padman. Oh, wow. What? Back in person. Oh, it's so nice. It's so I nice. was really looking forward to this. Me too. And um, this one is unedited. Oh, my scary. gosh. Oh, that's really scary. <laughs> Uh, we were just chatting about the fact that I've returned. For, do I look more European? I guess that's the first question. Yeah, you have cuffed pants, which is new. <laughs> which is funny because those arrived while I was gone. And <laughs> sure. so now I just put them on this morning. But yeah, they're pretty Euro looking. They're nice. Oh, <laughs> they're shoot. thin and wide. I forgot your shorts. Oh, that's okay. I'm going to drop them off later today because you'll probably want to wear them tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wear them tomorrow. But I'm 10 pounds lighter than I when you last saw me. I'm under 200. It's, wow. I know. I don't know. I don't like it. It makes me nervous. This is fascinating, though, because you don't look smaller in muscle. You do. You, look, sure? you look a little skinnier in yeah, your face. Yeah, yes. Because I haven't had testosterone in like a month. I, but you also have been eating your way through Europe. Oh, and uh, it's such a mixed are, message. It's mixed. Because, okay, so, you know, uh, to to remind everyone, before I left, I was really militant on, I was down to a cup of coffee a day and one Diet Coke a day. And that had been for, I don't know, five, six weeks. Yeah. Also hadn't had gluten since January. Yeah. What else? Some other, th it doesn't matter. The point is I get to Europe and it's on. Right on the airplane ride, I start smashing Diet Cokes and then your jet lag, so I'm sure. pounding espresso and double shots of this and that. Yeah. So the whole trip I was like heavily caffeinated, mm -hmm. eating eight bread on the airplane on the way there. I'm like, I'm oh fucking, God, you know vacation. What? Well, and I'm going to eat pasta in Italy, yeah. so I just work backwards from that. Like, what are we waiting for? Yeah, well, airplane is. bread's the best bread. It is and it isn't. <laughs> if they get it hot enough and they trick you before it gets cold and it yeah. hardens, yeah. 
It was a little underwhelming. Point is, it was just carbs all day, every mm. day, and shots of this and that. And then, funny enough, of course, I felt fine. Your arthritis was fine. Until... Uh-oh. <laughs> like, the last couple days, I started feeling my wrist started hurting, my hand. So anyways, by the time I was on the airplane yesterday... Terrible food options, too. I ate exclusively bread. I must have had 12 rolls on the wall. Oh because it was like, do you want salmon with this, cod with that? It was, oh. it was like, I don't know, it was like a, a <laughs> pirate's flight home. It was all seafood. Uh-huh. Not and, your favorite. Mm, no, no, no. And I like shrimp, but not on an airplane. <laughs> sure, I get that. I I would steer clear of that as well. Yeah, and then I ate some weird focaccia sandwich at oh. the Italian airport, and I think it had a ton of garlic in it, so about mid-flight, all my skin started peeling off my oh, face. No. Yeah. And I had um, pet dander in my eyebrows. Oh my. It was a mess. <laughs> so now I'm back, and I'm back to square one. So today was one cup of coffee in okay. the morning, and no more bread for daddy. Uh oh. Okay, I'm not here to tell you what to. No, do. No, tell me what to do. No, I just I want you to be able to enjoy some things not on vacation. Yeah, that's true. So like, take a. a a break. Well, know, what we did smash discover. burgers. Yes, with the bun. With the, with bun. the bun. With the bun. <laughs> well, what we did discover on this trip is that um, Lincoln loves bolognese. Oh, just like me. Yes. My favorite. It's such a staple. God, it's it's so good. But she's not a big meat eater, and we're, we can never get protein in her. Anyways, so I decided, you know what? My commitment when I got back was like, I got to pick up my bolognese game. I got to start making spaghetti more often. That includes you. Please. Yes. And so, yes, I think however many times a month I'm going to make spaghetti, <gasps> maybe two or three times a month. Oh, I'll, my I'll, I'll God. eat some some noodles on those days, I guess. Okay, we'll I see like how it that. Goes. I, you know me, just, I have a hard time moderating. So if I did it once, it's just I know, it's off hard. to the races. It's much easier for me to just do nothing than to do something once a week. Yes, and I think I've learned that I shouldn't try to tell people to try moderation. Because, mm. like, some people just can't, and it's, that's I okay. I don't think it's in me. Yeah. 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 That's Although, fine. I was moderating my coffee right before I left. So, yes. That's okay. true. That's Enough true. about me. Well, what about you? Well, there you was look, a... You look great. You look very tan. As we, I commented on the walk up the staircase, you look like you've been in the sun quite a bit. Very nice, uh, rich caramel. Thank you. Yeah. It's been hot, mm -hmm. so I've been, I guess, tanning inadvertently. Because you're scantily clad to beat the heat. Exactly. Yeah. And I guess I saw you, the last time I saw you, saw you was right before we went to Temecula, and I did get a lot of sun there. Of course. Because I was in my suits. Outdoor living at its best. Yeah, and then my facialist commented when as soon as I walked in, oh, oh you got some sun. <laughs> oh, like it's a terrible thing. Well, I know, and then I was like, oh, yeah. I felt immediately <laughs> guilty. Shame, shame ridden. Yes, and then she was like, no, no, it looks good. We are going to take some of it off. Oh, <laughs> she can just take it off? She can because of her spells. Oh, my God. Yeah. She put an anti-sun spell on you? And she really did. She she took some of it off my face. So just your face was bright white, and then your body uh -huh. was dark, dark, rich. My face was Caucasian. You were in white face. Yeah, I was. Okay. But I didn't do it on purpose. She did it. And then— And um, sincerely, you noticed it was lighter? Well, yeah, and so then when I went to do this photo shoot in New York, the makeup art, incredible makeup artist, she was like, okay, I'm going to make you a little bit darker so that your face matches your arms because right now it doesn't. And I was like, that's because she took off my face Yay. tan. Your witch yeah. removed your tan. Yeah. That's right. I had you said tan removal. Exactly. <laughs> um, anyway, but uh, it's, been, it's been hot. It's been nice. 
There was a sim moment we got to get to. Okay, let's get to it. Um, because this is for R.L. Stein. Oh, right, Goosebumpies. Goosebumps. And By the way, I didn't understand your post. You did? Okay, this is what I'm talking okay, about. Okay, okay. Okay, so yesterday we posted about the Flightless Bird football. David's football episode. Yes, where he learned, he kind of learns Didn't about learn football. about football. Didn't yeah. learn anything. Learn they chew gum. <laughs> and he's wearing a Goosebump sweatshirt. Oh, is that what that was? Yes. And <laughs> who is wearing a Goosebump sweatshirt in this he day and age? He bought it on that trip, too. Oh, he did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he know it was a Goosebump sweatshirt? Yeah, he did. That's oh. how he bought it. Does he like Goosebumps? Yeah, I think so. I bet he loves this Cinnamon episode. loves yeah. Goosebumps. He still reads he them. Yeah. He likes to get scared, Cinnamon. But how crazy is that? That is really wacky. That that shirt would be photographed and come out the day before. Yes. Yeah. Same week, I mean. Lazy, lazy, lazy. He so recorded that like three months ago, too. I know. Yeah. And well, the Rob, fact that it's don't make coming it feel out. Well, the, the photos, the photos were three months. <laughs> no, ago, that makes terrible. it even more sim. It's like it the does. the week we're putting out this is, and that was three months. You're this right. Is crazy. Um, also, I posted about this too, but it's worth us talking about because it's huge news. Okay. My dentist. Okay. My fancy dentist, who y- I love. Yes. You go to what? A couple times a month. Well, I'm gonna start <laughs> going every day because guess who else they see. Matt Damon. Olsen twins. What the fuck? Exactly. How'd you find that out? Another crazy thing. So my, I, I like listening to this podcast called Second Life and also Who, What, Where. It's the same person, Hillary Kerr. Shout out Hillary Kerr. And she had my dentist on. Oh my god! Her podcast. Oh my what? god, that's my dentist. Then I was reading the description. <laughs> And it was like the pe- listing the pe- his clients. Isn't that unethical? No. What? Yes, it's got to be. No, I wish I was on the list. I was so <laughs> annoyed. Well, I was like, yeah, I understand from your point of view, you're pissed you weren't on the list. But I also understand, like, you should have a level of privacy of who your doctor is, right? Well, no. I guess they're not a doctor. No, he is. He is oh. a doctor. <laughs> he is. But he he's a celebrity dentist, I guess. A dentist to the stars. A dentist to the stars. Who else was listed? I wonder if um, I want to start going now. Is there anyone I? Think I Spike Lee. Oh, he's in New York. How's that? Okay, work? so they have multiple offices. Oh, so and so are the the Olsen. The twins, I know, yeah. but they were also here. They were in Los Angeles. Oh, um, oh. I saw them shopping online. No, I mean oh, I didn't see them on the but internet. On the internet, there was a picture oh. of them shopping, and I'm pretty sure I was wearing the same shirt that. Um, one, they were wearing masks. So I couldn't tell who was who, but mm-hmm. one of them was wearing. A tea, and I was pretty By sure. By the way, I you was act, the mask wouldn't help as much as their 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 posture is much different. Okay, well, I I'll sent you the picture. You. Did you know? Did you notice which one it was? I didn't. All I saw, I said to you is they're still in masks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was my big. Take you're away. gonna. Do you know about this? What they're bringing it back? What are you talking about? The mask mandate? No. In LA? No. No, Pro- they're not. Probably end of this month. They're saying no. Yeah. Well, that'll drive the rest of the people out of the state. I know. <laughs> I, even even me, I was like, really? Come on. I got a hunch people aren't going to fucking do They that. might not. Yeah. And they might it might not get enforced, but that, yeah. that is on guys, its way back. Guys, guys, because guys. I guess this wave has been so crazy. Which yeah, it but has everyone, been. no one's dying from it this way. And also everyone had it, By the right? way, if you're not, no, people aren't dying from it. Yeah, people get sick. By the way, a quick, another quick update. So there's been this thing, you know, you've witnessed it um, first. So I got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got you it. Finally got it. it finally got, got it. Yep. And what's really funny is the the the, the only people I knew that were as um, braggy about not having gotten it 
were my other family members, right? Like Carly magically never got it either. And she was around the girls as I was. We thought it was an actual genetic thing, yeah. Yes, and then my brother who works in a car dealership and was in Vegas every weekend. He never got it. Well, no, he never like unplugged from anything. Right. And he never got it. So all leading me to think like, yeah, maybe we have some weird genetic I, be- I, I signed on to that theory at the end. I was like, they, he can't get it. He's immune. So I went down. And of course, I didn't m- care about telling any of y'all that I went down. But I was like, oh, yeah, I can't believe I got to tell Carly I got it, right? <gasps> so I told Carly. I'm like, it's just you now, kid. And then to my great, I don't know, comfort, three days later, she, she sent me a, a positive picture of a positive test. Which I loved. Yeah. And then my brother's currently got yeah. it. Oh. Yes. And Is I he said, feeling okay? Well, oh, okay. So the, the text I had with it, he, he like copped to it yesterday. He texted me. He's like, all right, well, no one's left. <laughs> and um, I said, well, all you have left to do now for your pride is just to pretend like you don't experience any of it at all. Uh, that's what <laughs> that's all you got left oh now is you gotta God. downplay anything you're feeling like I did. Oh my God. <laughs> Which so so I think that's the method he's using right now. So I don't know how bad he has it or not. Okay. He, he's he's just gonna walk the stoic road. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. To he and I it was just a positive test. I mean that's how else would we have known? Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> you definitely weren't sick uh, at all. Um, uh, well yes, Carly did you have any communication with her about it? I did because I, we we came to do the water test, the taste test on oh, water. Oh, right, 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 David right. David and I were meeting, and I realized that I didn't have any cups. Uh, so then I ordered some from Instacart, but okay. then they canceled the order. Oh, okay. So I then texted Carly, and I was like, hey, this is so weird. I'm so sorry. Is there any way that you have, like, Dixie cups or something at your house I could come run by and mm. grab? And she said, well, I have COVID. <coughs> it must have been hard for her to say that. Well, oh, we're not editing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> First yeah. she said no, and then... No, no, no. Oh, okay, okay. She, said, <clears throat> she said, well, I have Kristen's COVID. <laughs> oh, okay. Good, 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 good. And I said, yeah. oh, no, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And then she said she was going on a trip and she was really hoping she'd be negative by then. And I hope she was. Thanks she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Her my, my mom went to Mexico and yeah. had, had a blast. <clears throat> That's good. That's great. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, so yeah, so I heard about hers. By the way, what was the result of the, the water test? Because well, it wasn't in the first video. I know. It, I posted it's, another video. I know, but I, I had already complained, <laughs> so then I didn't watch the resolution. <laughs> okay. Because I couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't imagine going through the whole thing I'd already seen to then find out. It was torture. No, it wasn't torture. I just, I whatever I was doing that day, it was like, I, I don't have six minutes to find out the end. I get it. I only got one right. Oh, and which one was it? Was Arrowhead. It your- oh. Because so- it was yucky. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. But you didn't hate Dasani the way you thought I, you were going to. You loved it. I right? knew it. I liked Dasani. I knew it. People are crazy. No, and then something really bad Uh-oh. happened. I, should I, am I bringing this back up? This is crazy. Smart water. No, didn't make it. Smart Water and what did you Fiji. Do? You, did you put them into groups you didn't like and like? No, David mixed and matched. Like, yeah. I left. He put them all in cups, and then I it came. It took, like, 25 minutes or something. You he said took it took so, way too long. I don't know yeah. what he was doing <laughs> okay. here. But then I had You don't to, think he put any of his. Semen? Yeah. <laughs> no. No, I don't. Cinnamon would never do that. No, he's mm-hmm. too pure. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, I had to then. My whole claim was that I could tell what was what. Yep. 
Yeah. So that was what I was doing, deciding what was what. And then I only got one right. I got Arrowhead right Mm because it was yuck. Okay, I like Arrowhead just for the right. I know. And then, okay, this was really sad. Your nails look great, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, they're popping so much. Like when you put your hands forward facing, it's like bam, bam, because your pants are white and your nails are white. Some are white. Man. Okay, so... Smart Water and Fiji were the best ones, and they were. I was like, these are the best. I mixed them up. Okay, but but they were the two best ones, and they and are you the two gave best Smart Water Fiji in Fiji Smart Water. Exactly. Okay, well I can live with that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We were happy with that. So you know, I drink Zen Water. That's my favorite water. Yeah. I love it. Uh huh. And I I brought you it, was, it. You called it Dasani. Yeah. Oh, you did? I guessed it. Is that what you did? Yes. Oh, my God. You labeled your and favorite like, one your most hated one. This is definitely Dasani. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This is awesome. I couldn't believe oh. it. And then I was kind of mad at David because I wasn't supposed to include Zen water because I, uh, I pretty yeah. much drank it all on my walk here. Well, and he, he hadn't supplied that. You just threw that in the mix at the last minute. It was last minute. Right. And oh my I God. do blame it a little bit on the cup because it was the only one in the mu- <laughs> <laughs> We're not editing. Great one yeah. for not editing. <laughs> um, it was the only one in a mug. And okay. I mean, like, it could have been so many factors. Contaminated. And I've been drinking Zen water still ever since. I still, you I still love, love it. it. Okay. I love it. It's all I drink. Uh, uh, I, well, I think he might have made a mistake, too. Ah, uh, well, that's great. How fun. It was really fun. Uh, the only thing I could really do that with would be Diet Coke and Diet Pepsi and probably you would Coke know Zero. I would know, yeah. I would bet, I'd bet my, the life of my family on yeah. that. Yeah, it'd I, be worth it. The water is a little tricky. You know, when people you know? say I would bet my family, what would you get as the if you make it? It's a weird bet. Like, oh, what's the positive? Yeah. Mm. You get someone else's family in this. Oh wow! <laughs> like what's up? What's on? What's on the you table? You get the Obama girls. Oh, there is Sa- Sasha Molly. <laughs> and it's just the stakes of your certainty. Yeah, I know, but it's a weird thing to wager because what do you? You're There's just no keeping winning, what you already got. Losing. That's right. That's my point. Yeah, Sasha Molly. Okay. <laughs> I'll bet you Sasha Molly against <laughs> Lincoln, Delta, and Kristen. Oh wow! For Michelle, Sasha Molly. Oh, oh my gosh! Um, that reminds me a little bit. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say, it, but we're not uh, editing. Yeah. I did Chelsea Handler's podcast you yesterday. Did? Oh it was my god, so fun! That makes me so happy. Me too. I was so flattered. Was it a blast? So fun. Yeah, she's. I love her. She's kick ass. Yeah. And did you guys give advice to people? Yeah. Uh, how, how'd that go? It went well. Of course, the first question was had to do with a dog. Oh, great. I was like, just get rid of that dog. (laughs) (laughs) Easy. (laughs) Easy. Um, Anyway, um, what else do we have to say before we get into some fackies? Okay, well, one thing I thought of, um, because of I asked if he put his semen in your sure. water. You're returning back to that. Because when I said that, it reminded me that Eric on this vacation, Uh-oh. Eric Richardson. Yep. Everyone knows crazy, crazy Eric. Crazy Eric. We had so much fun. Good. Let's start there. It's really funny because I don't have the moral high ground to say this. Mm-hmm. Because I'm over there going, bumissimo. Uh, That's oh. not even the word, right? Right. <clears throat> But I'm never doing it to an Italian. So when Eric would order, oh, he would no. say like, um, he'd be trying to pronounce the name of whatever pizza he wanted. He's like, um, can I get the um, a gorsaroni? Like he, <laughs> but he was probably sincere. He, I know, yeah. but he, and he was so sweet. But he'd be like, um, with the um, this, and he's pointing, you know, uh, this, this one with that far, 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 far,
He he would do it to a degree where when the the waiter left, I said, uh, you know, he's gonna shit in your pizza. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> like they already like don't were, like us. <laughs> it sounded like you were mocking him. Oh. In that, which is crazy because I don't think of myself as mocking anyone. But at any rate, I was nervous a couple different times that okay. Eric was going to get excrement or something <laughs> in his pizza pie. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a that was a kind of nice um, taste of your own medicine, if we want to yeah, call it yeah, that. Yeah, where you yeah. got to see it from the a, outside. Yeah. Well, the other great thing is that um, <laughs> I didn't know this about Eric, but he loves um, tour guides, like the books that you can get. Right? Oh, like Fromers. Exactly, but okay. his guy is Rick Stevens. Oh, okay. Or Stevens Rick. I mean, oh. his guy has two first names. Okay. And Eric always says, I talked to Rick, we got to go to this <laughs> restaurant. So Rick was pretty much in charge of the vacation, all because Eric was talking to oh, Rick all the time. Oh, I love this. Yeah, it was really fun. It was like there was a um, ninth member of our vacation, oh, Rick fun. Stevens or Stevens Rick. <laughs> Rick Steves. Rick Steves. Rick Steves. And, Steves plural, wow. Yeah, and he said, oh, Rick said you got to get this here. And then he would try to order. It was great. That's wonderful. I know this about Eric because him and I both use similar um, – websites for finding restaurants. Oh, Yelp? Nope. Oh. Like Eater. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, he's yeah. a big researcher. It's mm -hmm. really adorable. Yeah. That's he, we're, we're so different, you know. My whole thing is like, I'll just land somewhere with a credit card and we'll see what happens. Or on that day, if I want to see something, I'll start looking at Google Map or like what's around me. Yeah. And <clears throat> Eric has talked to Rick. He and Rick have a game plan, and it was pretty adorable. I love that. There are two types of travelers. There's a fly-by-the-seat, you. Yeah, shoot from the hip. And then there's a planner. I'm a planner. Sniper, yeah. Unless I'm with people who don't like that, I can acquiesce. But if I'm planning... We had a nice push and pull. Like, like there were days where I, uh, I said, Eric, take us through this city. Nice. Or you and Rick show us this city. <laughs> yeah. Salzburg. And then, but then I'd be there on his, a little on voice on his shoulder, like we'd already seen seven places. And I would say, Eric, none of us will be upset if we don't see all 12. Like I didn't, oh, and he'd be okay. Yeah. Because he'd get a little <clears throat> focused on the agenda. Itinerary. Yes, uh -huh. yes, yes, sure, yes. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, You're like walking by a man on fire to go see something. You know, course. that kind of situation. It's like there's, and this happened, boy, I just got to say one of the most magical nights is we went Rick was hell-bent on us going to Siena. Mm. Rick thinks Siena is the most beautiful town in Italy. Okay. People are named after it, blah, blah, blah. So we went one night. We took like a night trip there. It was about an hour and a half from the place we were staying. And by God, Rick was right. That place is fucking mm. beautiful. It is so enchanted and nice. beautiful. Big shout out to Siena. But Rick wanted us to go to this one piazza. And we went to this piazza and by God, Monica... The Italian Philharmonic, for whatever reason, was putting on a free concert that oh, wow. night. So we're sitting at the restaurant Rick told us to go to. We're having this incredible food. We're playing spades. The girls are running around the piazza, and the goddamn Italian Philharmonic was fucking... Wow. Oh, God, you would have loved this because I failed. I don't like that. And there's that. a video of it. Okay. So I had a thing where I was conducting, of course. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to entertain everyone. Yeah. The first one we were just walking around before we picked a place, I did some light conducting. Sure. And it was Waving your hands around. Yeah, and putting on a bit of a show. Yeah. So then there was a moment where I had gone to the bathroom. Oh, my God, what a blunder this was. I had gone to the bathroom, and then I came back from the bathroom, and it was right at a heightened point of some 
very dramatic song. Okay. So I started doing my conducting for Molly and Eric. They were laughing. A waiter tried to walk by me right when I like hit a high note <gasps> oh. out of a movie. I hit this guy's tray. Oh, it went fucking no. 10 feet in the air. Uh, no. Four cocktails oh, went no. all over this nice gentleman. I think he was Austrian <laughs> or German by himself. He's fucking, he has a white shirt on. He's now covered in rosé. Oh, I want to die. I want to oh. vanish. Like I finally got caught trying to be cute. <laughs> and funny and I ruined someone's so now I panic yeah. I'm apologizing to the guy all these people had seen it there's no question of why this guy's covered in wine and it's not like an honest mistake where we tried to cross each other right. I was buffooning yeah so I panicked and I ran all throughout this piazza. It was like 10.30 at night. No, there's no stores open. I find a souvenir shop. I buy two shirts immediately. Aww. I come back to the guy, give him these shirts. He's like, oh, no, it's all right. Everything is all yeah." And I'm begging him to put on. He doesn't want it. He just no. sits in this wine-soaked shirt, even though I got him two other shirts. And then I bought his dinner. Aww. And he was so... He couldn't understand, why, and I think the reason he couldn't understand why I was trying to make it right so bad is I think he thought it was more of an honest mistake. Of course. He well, didn't see me conducting. <laughs> he didn't know there was a bit gone bad. <laughs> it was a bit gone bad in the worst way, and this poor guy was the victim. It was still an honest mistake. You I mean, I didn't, hurt, you know, didn't, I didn't mean, mean for him. him to be covered, yeah. but he must have had four or five glasses of wine on him. And Wait, wait, wait. The server... No, the sir. No, the server didn't get doused in it. It was like what? It was the customer. Oh, this very sweet man who was eating by himself. Oh, the rosé landed on another oh, man. I thought yes. on, the, on the server. No, that would. And then I was like, why would you buy him a shirt? Like he can't wear that. He has to I, wear no, his No, this was a nice customer <gasps> wow. who was enjoying the oh. free concert. And um, <laughs> you know, it was it was embarrassing. And um, of course, I think Eric really enjoyed it. It was fun for him to see me fail. So epically. So he was kind of trying to say how bad it was. <laughs> and like Molly is trying to comfort me. Eric's like, you ruined this guy's trip. You know, it was oh, a whole thing. Yeah, that's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. <clears throat> that's luckily scary. the server had earlier said to me, Ah, oh, I like cheeps. He pronounced chips, cheeps, mm -hmm. like I pronounce sheet. Oh, yeah. So I didn't feel terrible because I the guy liked chips. And now he had a story to tell I people. See. Like that guy from Chips destroyed my. That's true. Yeah. That's so, true. But the guy from the Austria didn't know me from fucking a hot rock. Oh. He's just covered in rose. Oh, man. It was man. a big blunder. What were the shirts like? They said Sienna on them, oh. and they, were, they weren't bad. <laughs> they were souvenir shirts. <laughs> well, you know, it was a souvenir <laughs> shop. Look, I was. <laughs> I would have you loved. You bought him an I Heart New York shirt. Virtually. <laughs> I got I got a ton of wine spilled on me, and all I got is this stupid shirt, <laughs> this cheap shirt. Um, I know I would have walked into like a Gucci or something. Okay. I would have done anything to erase what I, I had just know. done, but none of them were open. I thought at least a dry shirt's better, even if it says Sienna. But you're right; you probably would have felt like a pozo sitting in Sienna <laughs> with a shirt that says Sienna. I did the best I could. Oh, that's oh. funny. Well, you know, it's and bound to happen. When you're putting on a show all the time, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna mess up occasionally. Just every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I bet R.L. Stein would have liked that um, story. The pop out. Now, let me ask you, because would you have been like, I'm? It finally happened to him. What do you think? You would have been in the Eric camp or the Molly camp? Well, I'm not allowed to be happy about your failures. Well, but there's. 
there's the there's just what you would be, and then there'd be what you demonstrated to okay. me. In your heart of hearts, would you have been like, okay, I'm fine. I'm glad he finally there was some justice with all this showing off. No, I don't think so. I think okay. I just would have been like embarrassed. Uncomfortable. uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 I wished you were with someone else. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Mm. Uh, I was going to ask you one more thing. Well, first, how was your jet lag? Yesterday, I felt insane when I got home. I felt like I was stoned. And funny enough, I texted Eric because they had to go to a fucking family reunion yes. immediately. <laughs> oh. But yeah, because I was up for, we woke up at 6 a.m. Florence time. Yeah. Which I guess would have been uh, 9 p.m. Here, yeah. So I was up from 9 p.m. until 10 p.m. last wow, night. Wow, you stayed so up. So 25 hours. I slept one hour on the airplane. Wow. I feel a need to shout this out. Because sometimes you know, people make amazing movies and they just don't get the love they deserve or that doesn't work out for whatever reason and, and it's heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. So I just want to shout out. Mm -hmm. Not that he needs my pat on the back, but Kenneth Branagh. I watched Death on the Nile on the airplane. Have, did you, have you seen it? Mm -mm. It's so awesome. Ooh. It's so beautifully shot and so oh. elegantly directed. Shout out to Judy Hoffman who produced it as well. But what a great, brilliant movie. And just, there were all these, some of the actors went to press because of some of the other cast members. Oh, really? It was COVID. All these reasons that movie just, it was like, he made this incredible movie that should have been huge and it just didn't happen. Oh, wow. And it's heartbreaking. And I just want to say, what a great movie. Okay. Brana. I'll watch it. And if you want to come on this show and I'll fillet you about the movie, I'm happy to do it. It was so good that when that ended, I searched for Death on the Orient Express. It was on there. I watched that, the other movie he directed. Wow. He plays the same character, this uh, Agatha Christie novel. You Agatha know, Christie. Yeah. Agatha Christie. Goosebumps. Sam. Pop out. Duck, duck, goose. <laughs> ding, uh, ding, She ding. wrote horror books. Yeah, she did. Like Goosebumps. Wow, She yeah. was the original Goosebumper. <gasps> like Glassman Boppers. Goose, Goosebumpers. So, um, what was I saying? So, he plays like an Agatha Oh, he, he's like this brilliant detective Ooh. in all of them. Ooh. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. I love a detective story. You should watch Death on the Nile. Okay, You'll really like it. Okay, two things to watch. One, on my airplane, I watched Worst Person in the World. What's that? It's a... It's a... Um, Doc or a narrative? It's a narrative. It's a foreign film. It's really good. And it's really, like, just heartbreaking about... Oh. I mean... It's just like a woman's journey, and it feels like, oh, humans. The worst just... person on earth, it's called? Worst, worst person, person in, the in the world. It's a Norwegian film. Okay. Oh, okay. Worst it's person really in the world. Yes, I would recommend it. And have you watched The Rehearsal? No, what's that? Oh, my God. It's a new show. It's on HBO Max. It's Nathan Fielder. You know, Nathan for oh, you. Oh, yes. Um, and oh, I've seen um, 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 Cinnamon sent us a promo for it, like a trailer. So I've seen the trailer for Okay. It. Is it great? Oh, my God. So the first episode, it's once a week, so there's only been one episode oh. so far. And so, yeah, the premise is, like, everything in life should be rehearsed. Like, if you have something scary you have to do or hard, yeah. he helps you oh rehearse boy. it. And uh, he, like, builds these crazy house. sets. He, like, builds your house. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. So just real quick, the premise of this first episode is there's this guy. He loves trivia. He plays trivia with the same group for, like, 20 years. And he 
lied to them and told them he had a master's degree. Oh, and it's been it's been like really eating him up, and he's trying to figure out a way to tell oh, them. This is incredible. And so they were. I mean. I haven't laughed out loud. I was like mixing between laughing out loud and just mouth agape the whole time. Really? Oh. We ha- you have to watch and we have to talk about it. Okay. I can't want to give anything away. Okay, but rehearsal. Wow. Rehearsal. Wow. Please, please check it out, people. Did you guys watch Nathan for you? I watched um, probably half of them. And they, they're, and they're insane. Yeah, 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 they are. Like, I, he's going to help everyone's business, but yeah, he, yeah, he has the like worst idea. Like stupid Starbucks or yeah. what a dumb Starbucks. <laughs> I really want to have him on because I am I've thought so about curious. that because I'm a huge fan of his, but I also thought, can he be interviewed? That was my concern. Like, it, But I want to know what's a facade and what's not, what's a character, what's not. It's like a Borat. Like, who is it Sasha? Is he? The Prestige. Is, is he prestige. living the routine? Or, or is it him? It's tricky because that's kind of like Ricky in a weird way. Yes. There's like, he you, he could be that way and know he's funny. That's what gets tricky. You're like, well, if yes. you know that this is funny enough to go pitch a show and do a show, you recognize that your idiosyncrasies yeah. are humorous. Right. That doesn't mean they're not real. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a lot to unpack. It is. It's a, it's a meta. It is. Okay, a, a few facts. R.L. Stein. Mm. Goosebumps. Goosebumps. David Sweatshirt. This is the part. Well, go ahead. No, no. I'm looking it for in my email. Okay. Okay, I found it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've gotten there. Okay, great. Okay. What were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say that this is generally the, the part in the editing where we will get right to <laughs> when you... <laughs> I <laughs> don't want to make you upset, but yeah, this is generally like you. Hold on, what page is I would have edited so much. Maybe this is a fun experiment. Maybe we release it and then I edit it and then we put out the edited version later this week so people would know. No, I don't want to do that, uh, yeah, but that would but be kind of like your, it'd meta. be like your um, water taste test in a weird way. There's like what you think the show is and then there's what the show is. And then you end up dissing zen water and you don't mean to yeah you love zen water i love it you'd like to be a spokesperson i would i wouldn't i think i probably lost that op you go it's so good it's bad (laughs) i like it so much i think it's dasani (laughs) by the way dasani's way better than i thought it was that's what it would be it'd be a covert dasani campaign oh like dasani would secretly hire you as the spokesperson for zero water is that what it's called zen water yeah and but it'd be a backhanded way for it anyways We'll workshop that. Aquafina was the biggest surprise. It's delicious because it was it was better than I thought. I lo- that's my favorite. Aquafina. Yes. Yeah. Coca Cola, man. You can't right? Coca Cola. Coca Cola. Well, Dasani's also Coke. Coca Cola. <laughs> I think the packaging though does contribute. Mm-hmm. Like the plastic, oh, Fiji. The plastic is better in a Fiji bottle than like Arrowhead. Agreed. Um, right, but and that's the Fiji the whole- packaging can't be beat. No, but that's the whole point of the taste test. I didn't I have know. those images. But I think it tastes different out of a Fiji plastic bottle than an Arrowhead plastic bottle. Oh, no, well, that's no. crazy. I don't think so. No. Uh, no. This is so much thicker. <laughs> well, but that doesn't mean that the, the, the material it's interacting with, it doesn't well, know the thickness. But like a, a beer can, like, tastes different out of a can. Than it a, does, but a all beer cans taste the same. It's yeah. not like Miller's can taste better. It's aluminum. That's fucking poly pyramid, poly, poly whatever. It's just a thickness. 
Okay. Also, All right. <laughs> we're not, we don't need to try to make Arrowhead. Are, are, am I going to get sued? I don't know. Let's just drop Arrowhead Give out of the conversation. Really I know. I like it. I like it. It's delicious. Okay, but you love it. I it's just it. my opinion that I don't I know. Like yeah, it. yeah. Okay. And that it's really bad. Yeah, okay. I love <laughs> it. It tastes good. Give me all your Arrowhead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We'd be good roommates. Yeah. Okay. So Gallagher's brother, you said. Oh, sold his him. whole routine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so in the early 1990s, Gallagher's younger brother, Ron, asked him for permission to perform shows using Gallagher's trademark sledgeomatic routine. Gallagher granted his permission on the condition that Ron, who shared a strong likeness to Leo, and his manager clarified in promotional, material, promotional materials that it was Ron Gallagher, not Leo Gallagher, who was performing. So he was supposed to make that very clear. Okay. Ron typically performed at venues smaller than those in which Leo Gallagher performed. After several years, Ron began promoting his act as Gallagher 2 or Gallagher T-W-O. <laughs> Gallagher T-O-O or Gallagher T-W-O. Oh, wow. In some instances, Ron's act was promoted in a way that left unclear the fact that he was not the original Gallagher. This and also Ron's offstage troubles left a stain on Leo's reputation as well. What were Ron's offstage antics? That's what interests me. I know. There needs to be a doc about this. The Gallaghers? Let's do it. Uh, And then you'd also pull in all the people that thought they were going to watch a a Wonderwall documentary. Rob, what is it? What band? Gallagher? Oasis. I I made this mistake in my um, research. research. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool if Liam Gallagher sold the lead singer role of Oasis to his younger brother and no one knew. Oh, I mean, Oasis could probably be the soundtrack for the doc. That would just be, you know. Totally streamlined, vertically integrated. Um, Okay, the Michigan-Ohio militia situation. So that was the Toledo War. Yeah. Was I right that only one pig's farmer, one farmer's pig was killed? Um, I didn't find the pig part on history.com. There was some violence that ended up happening towards the end. More of like a fight in a Kmart parking lot. Well, there was a casualty. There was? Okay, I'll read it. Okay. No one was killed or injured in the Battle of Phillips Corners, but it wasn't long before the Toledo War turned bloody. In July 1835, Michigan Sheriff Joseph Wood entered Toledo to arrest an Ohio partisan named Two Stickney. T-W-O Stickney. So many, yeah, wow. Gallagher, too. A scuffle broke out when the sheriff's posse confronted the Ohioan in a tavern, and during the ensuing brawl, Stickney drew a pen knife and stabbed Wood in the side, leaving him with a minor wound. Um, Sheriff Wood is now remembered as the Toledo War's lone casualty. Okay, so uh, it was pretty low-key. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Also sounds like it happened at a bar later. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like they were just drunk. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was interesting when he was talking, Bob was talking about, yeah, his relationship with his father and mother, but father and like how bad it it was. And I I was putting two and two together with David Sedaris. And I was like, yeah, he also had a horrible relationship with his father. And maybe that's the- Oh, and Hemingway hated his- Did he? Well, let's see. His father ended up having a lot of mental illness, and he would go away to hospitals. Okay. And then actually, that made Hemingway hate his mother, but mm. he was really dis- – he was embarrassed by his father's frailty. Oh. And then when his father killed himself, he thought he was a complete loser for having done that. Wrote about it, oh, thought it was he was a coward, all these things. And then, of and course. And then, of course, he killed himself. Oh, that's awful. Apparently, his dad was a bully, too. Violent. Uh, Hemingway's? Yeah. yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
So maybe that's a weird through line. And I'm a writer and I had problems with my dad. I know. But you but you love your dad. I love my dad. Yeah. That's why I'm not um Sidaris or R.L. Stein. <laughs> like, I'm just maybe, like an okay writer. Maybe because your dad wasn't <laughs> mean enough. He yeah. wasn't bad enough. That's what kept me from being a great I'm writer. I'm a pretty good writer, but and my dad's great. But yeah, maybe that's the reason I could mm, be so much better. I think that's it. I'm mad at him. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try to get him to betray you. Okay. Last last act of the simulation will be him betraying you. Great. I don't know how he does that. I At this know. stage, you live on your own and stuff. What could he do? <laughs> I guess he could. You'd have to get, like, get married and you'd have to steal your husband from you. Oh, wow. You know? He could do that. Sure. He's very powerful. He is, yeah, and charming. <laughs> um, okay, was Isaac Asimov an amphetamine user? He was the one that R.L. Stein would see in line and like always have all these, you know, Manuscripts and stuff. Like, he was very prolific. And then you were like, "Oh, oh was he yes, he an wrote amphetamine more. user." I didn't. I didn't find any evidence that he was. He never smoked. Oh, that's rare. Uh huh. Um, he did die of HIV. Well, they told everyone it was kidney failure, but it was HIV. Um, he contracted it from a blood transfusion after a heart attack. Slash shooting meth. No. Nope. Okay. We're not saying that. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so they were keeping that a secret, and then they decided it was important to share. Mm. So they did. Have you watched the Magic Doc yet? I recommended that, right? You recommended it. I haven't watched it yet. Okay. It's great. But I will. Yeah. He said Stephen King retired after his accident. And I was like, what accident? Wasn't he riding a bicycle and got hit by a car? He was walking oh, and he walking. got hit by a car. He took a, he like... David, lots of walking yeah. for King. <gasps> I wonder how his dad was. I do too. So Rob, look it up. Rob, look it up. <laughs> Figure it out quickly. We're not <laughs> editing, Rob. It's got to be really quick. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is definitely a part. Oh, this is His father <clears throat> walked out when he was two years old. That helps. <gasps> there we are. Okay, so remember I made the observation that Rob, we're forcing Rob to be that guy in all the CIA capers that mm -hmm. sits in the van? Mm -hmm. I mean, today's really the day. Or it's like, we got to get a, what's the code, Rob? Yeah. Yeah. Also, we're asking him to be, remember when we used to have that little Google guy we liked? Yeah, yeah. What was it? Hey, Google. Yeah, that was it. Hey, yeah. Google. Yeah. We, he, he was friends with us. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, he got hit by a car. And I'm hesitant to say that the guy who hit him was dealing with some unruly dogs in his car when it happened. Oh, Jesus. I'm okay. just saying. That is part okay. of the story, and I'm okay. just saying it. I'm just saying Okay, it. but you know, you know what's funny? You're digging yourself <laughs> such a deeper hole because you don't, you have nothing against dogs. I don't. But in your defense of not being in love with dogs, now you're kind of, you're, you've put, you're in a position where you're now actively well, pointing when out people, when they kill people when be, or ruin great writers. act like... They're just pure angels. Yeah, yeah. I have to, I you have to, to fight back. back. Okay. I have to fight back on that. That there are some you know unruly the, dogs in the car. You know what the the dog lovers will say to that though? What the retort will be is is the bozo operating the car who's at fault? No, they'd probably just because your dogs are unruly. You got to keep watching the road. I, I Unless agree. they're biting your neck. Do you think they had like him yeah. around the neck or yeah. something? Wow, this could be the ultimate ding ding ding. What if one of the dogs in the car had been bit and got rabies and become a rabid Cujo, which is a Stephen King <gasps> story? 
And the man inside had a fucking big St. Bernard around his neck. Oh, my God. That would be crazy. <laughs> Google says that's exactly what oh happened. Oh, my God. Rob just wow. that's exactly what that's happened. That's what happened. A Cujo dog. Oh, my God. You reap what you sow. Listen, I, I don't blame the dogs for this, but um, I do think that... A lot of people would be like, no, those dogs were trying to tell the owner that watch there out. was a man there and to watch right. out. And it's like, no. Maybe they were. No. <laughs> Who knows? Nope. Okay. All right. Is J.K. Rowling the richest woman in the world? No. No. The richest woman I in can the tell world. you who is. Who? Tell me. Hold on. I got to think. Uh, 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 um, uh, Sam uh, Walmart, the daughter of Sam... What's her name? Walton. Sam Walton. Walton. No. But she got remarried. Maybe she took the name. Mm -mm. Who is it? It's heiress Francois Betancourt Myers. Um, oh, from Myers, the Myers Thrifty <laughs> Acres in Michigan. No. For the second year in a row on Forbes' list of world's billionaires, the planet's richest woman is L'Oreal heiress Francois Betancourt Myers of France, worth an estimated $74.8 billion. Okay, look up how much uh, Sam Walton's daughter, Rob, has. Um, Alice Walton, right? Yeah, well, well, I'll say yes. What's her net worth? $60.4 billion. Ooh. Okay. She's number two. Oh, thank God. She's number two. Thank God. Well, you know the most fascinating thing for years, I don't know where they're at now, but mm -hmm. let's say 15 years ago when like the Salt de Brunei was always number one, when they did the top 10 richest people in the world, five through 10 was the five Walton children. Wow. Yeah. I'm looking to see if there's anyone else we like on here. Is J.K. Rowling? J.K. Rowling's only got to have like a couple billion, right? Only. She's not on here. Yeah. Um, he maybe was just speaking um, uh, hyperbolic. No, he said he was happy that the richest woman in the world was an author. Oh, yeah. And I would have loved that to be true. Yeah. Maybe she was at one point. Um, and and yes, the reason they she went by J.K. is because the publisher thought a book by an obviously female author might not appeal to the target audience of young boys. Ooh. So she had to appeal to the masses. You gals, it's an uphill battle. <laughs> Tell me about it. You should change your name to Mike Padman and just see what happens. I should just see. Just see. I should just say. <laughs> I should just say. Um, <laughs> Malaya? I'm starting my Sasha? egg. <gasps> Tell me about that. Where are you at? Are you on hormones right now? No, I don't. Oh. I can't start hormones until the your birthday's closing. Second in. day of my period. <gasps> so next month is when uh, I'm doing it. Oh my! Me and Liz, we're doing it. You what? Me and Liz. Oh, you and Liz. Race to 35. Yes, yes. This is exciting. It is exciting. Is she all hormoned up? Not yet. You don't start. So you start your period. Yeah. Then you go in for an appointment the next day. Okay. Second day. Okay. Flies so for in me, tow. Exactly. Yeah. They flies. should hang some fly paper up in that place before you guys arrive. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> and uh, then you start the hormones of it. They take some tests and stuff. And um, I already, I already feel pregnant. No, I already feel. All these feelings that arise of like competitiveness, oh, like a failure. Yes. Yeah, all these feelings. I already have them and I haven't even started. Wow. Well, you're a state champ. I know. I don't know what I was just watching, but it made me think of you because they were saying, oh, <laughs> the only thing I could get over there was I was watching this series on my iPad at night about scandals, which you know I love. Mm, I love. fucking love scandals. Mm. 
One was this kid who created a Bitcoin exchange in Canada and probably faked his own death oh, with $200 wow. million dollars worth of people's money. <gasps> and then they got into the Seagram's daughter who was Nexium. funding Nexium. Yes. And the way they would talk about her because she had won a few horse jumping competitions mm. and Vanguard always called her a champion and everyone was supposed to call her a champion. And when you're a champion, you're this type of person, blah, blah. And they kept saying it. And I was like, well, that's Monica. Monica's a champion. <laughs> <laughs> I would have su got sucked in if everyone was calling me yeah, a champion. How could you resist? I know. You would have given them $100 I'm million. Only dollars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just a human champion. Just a modest human champion. <laughs> well, I love you. And I think this has been a very fun unedited experience. Me too. Yeah. Very fun. I'm happy you're back. I am so happy to be back. Like I, I'm like dying to uh, interview people Yay. and do fact checks and the whole nine. Yay. Me too. All right. All right I love, love you. you.